The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 150. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing today? Happy Canada Day, buddy. I know you're not Canadian, but I am. And so that's what I'm celebrating today. Meanwhile, in the background, so you had the fireworks last week. This week, they're all up. Like, if I had the microphone next to the window, all you'd hear is like, pop, 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 pop. Everyone in the neighborhood is shooting off fireworks because we don't have our regular official Canada Day fireworks from the parliament, which is right next door to where I live. Okay. So we get, like, the official ones. Um, but we're not having that this year because of COVID-19. Thanks a lot, COVID-19. Uh, so everyone's just like, hey, how about we all shoot off fireworks at our own houses like idiots? I like fireworks. It's just you shouldn't be throwing off fireworks in the city because they can go anywhere and into anyone's house. And that's a problem. Yeah, it, it seems a little dangerous if it's not like in a wide open field or wide open space. Uh, so wishing you luck over there. But yes, I wanted to wish you a happy Canada Day and to anyone who might be listening who's Canadian or our followers up in Canada as well. Islanders fans, happy Canada Day to you if you are celebrating. I am. I haven't been drinking a lot, but uh, a little bit. So <laughs> what's going on with you, buddy? Um, Not too much. I am glad that I didn't get hurt on July 1st for the first time in a long time. What is this a reoccurring thing in your life where you just get hurt July 1st? Well, the Islanders usually hurt me on July okay. 1st. <laughs> I thought you meant like physically, like, well, every July 1st, I just fall off my bike for some reason. No, no, this is an Islanders podcast. We're talking about emotional pain. <laughs> yep, fair enough. Yep, absolutely. For sure. Last year was Panarin. Two years ago is he who shall not be named. Um, I feel like something We ha- didn't do anything in 2017. Yeah, 2017 was just Sorry, nothing. No. Christer's good left skiss. That's what we did. We, we traded him for... Um, Carter Verhage, who would later score a hat trick in the NHL. Yay. And then 2016, we lost everyone. Like, everyone we, and anyone left. We lost everyone and then brought in Lad, Chimera, who is the other one? P.A. Parento, P.A. right? Parento. And he didn't even last out of training camp. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, not the best July ones in the last four years. No, I wrote about that on the site. And it is no bueno. It has not been good for us. There is something to be said that at least Lou tried for Panarin, but yeah, you're right. It's been uh, emotionally scarring last couple of years for us on July 1. Yeah, not 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 too great. But uh, this one is a big one for us at 150, and we're going to do the quiz like usual, or Mitch will quiz me on someone who played 50 games. But we wanted to celebrate a little bit, Mitch. 150. I, I did the math backwards. That goes, we started in August 2017 doing wow. these podcasts. That's almost three full years of podcasting. Every week bringing you New York Islanders content. That's wild, man. No, it is. It, it, it's it's crazy. And I was thinking about it because every week I always write a like a, a pregame post where I just I go through the different topics we're going to talk about and just go through it. Because you never know. Maybe someone's just finding it for the first time and wants to see what yeah. it's going to be about. So when I was writing it, I, just, I was thinking and I I wanted to see if you felt the same way. I felt very relieved or 
a, a nice sense come over me because I was like, I really get to talk about the Islanders. Like that, that's part of what I do for a job. And like that, not to sound like really cliche or anything, but I feel really lucky being able to do this with you. Yeah, well, that's the whole point, right? Like, we wanted to do something fun that we could do, uh, that we enjoy doing, and this is one of them, right? Like, podcasting, be able to sit and talk about the Islanders. Because it's one thing, for me specifically, being in Ottawa, there are very few Islanders fans around, and very few that I know of, and the few that I know, I don't see them all the time. It's hard to to chat all the time, specifically now. Um, But I get to do this, talk about a team that I love every week at least once at least once every week multiple times if you sign up for the patron it's wild and when i when i talk to friends and family they always get not always get but a lot of them get jealous or are jealous sorry not because they they want to talk about the islanders too but they go like man i want to talk about hockey for for a living and you're like well you could just you know get started now because it's going to take a while but that's just this is so much fun to do i'm so happy i get to do it it's incredible no, like, honestly, I look forward to it, like, every Wednesday. It, not one, because it's, like, the hump day, and you're, like, getting, oh, you're almost through the, the work week, but it's, like, I get to do, we get to do the podcast, do the mailbag after that, and then, you know, it, it's really good. So I think what we kind of wanted to do is just talk about how, I guess, how it came about, and then, like, how it's evolved in the 150 episodes. I, I, I get How it came about, I don't even remember really where the idea came from, if it was me or you who pitched it. One, one of us, we had bandied about each other, with each other about this. Like, we wanted to do a podcast for months. So we had started on, on Eyes on Isles in 2015-ish. Um, my, me was March of 16. So then mine was May of, anyways, some, something around there as well. No, it was like February. Doesn't matter. Either way, it's about the same time. And shortly afterwards, we wanted to start a podcast as well. I had one doing, uh, like, just talking about hockey before getting to Eyes on Isles, and I thought... Well, I had a lot of fun doing that. I would love to do it for Eyes on Isles. Bigger audience, that would be a lot of fun. Um, but we were just, we weren't able to do it. We didn't have the following necessarily. And we, we push it off, push it off, push it off. And finally, we were able to get it started, like you said, in 2017. Um, and yeah, it was, man, it was wild. Because uh, we, we, we know what to do. Like, we both know how to sit in front of a microphone. We know how to handle our gear and stuff but like it's different when you're actually kind of sit down and have to like okay i have to plan out what i'm going to talk about and you can't just like shoot out whatever you want no like to pull the curtain back a little bit like i remember we wanted it to be good quality and that's i think our sound quality is something that we both take pride in and i think what we wanted it to to be as well is an extension of the fan base because that's what we look at ourselves as on the site and on here like it's not we're not any different from you listening we're just an extension of you guys talking about the same thing you guys talk about and you know i think that's why it feels like it's very much a community vibe which i absolutely love the one i remember the one comment we got early uh and when we were doing this is someone said that it sounded like we were just two guys chatting at a bar and i was going yes perfect that is the vibe that i want to go for just two guys riffing about the islanders over some casual drinks that's all i want that sounds great yeah 100 percent. and honest again to pull the curtain back i i work in radio so i i do have a little bit of experience with this but uh someone who uh i've worked with and he's taught me um he is in the sports announcing i don't know if i want to give his name but he was in the sports announcing field in in the New York area and the one thing that he always said with sports and what makes a good sports show versus a bad sports show is the people who try to put on like the big uh, broadcast voice and be so particular versus the people who sound like they are having a beer and talking about the game that's in his words that's how he says it and I think that's what we kind of were able to do and I think that's why we've you know have the success that we've had over the last three years doing this I can't believe it's three years that's what gets me the same thing, right? It just feels like it's the same. It's been a couple of weeks, but it's yeah. been three years. Three years. Wow. That's inc- I want to go back to listen to those first ones and see how we sounded. It's <laughs> going to be really weird, but that's another thing, too. Obviously, as these go on, we get a little bit more comfortable doing it. But um, um, another thing, too, is just how it expanded. So it, we started out as just the once a week, like every week we did the podcast, and then we were approached about doing the the patreon which we do so patreon.com slash eyes on aisles if you didn't think we were going to plug that you were sorely <laughs> mistaken you're um, clearly new here so we were approached about doing that and we came up with an idea that we were going to do a weekly mailbag show 
And I, I still, I, I say it on that podcast every week. I'll say it here too. That's my favorite one that we do because we just, it's just, you get questions. We never know what the questions are going to be about. And it goes all over the place, which I love. And we do the, the post game podcast, which that I feel like I, I also love because it's literally like our exact reaction on what we record it. No less than 15 minutes after the game ends, like post game article up right after that, boom, we're hopping on the mics. So if the Islanders like lose a bad game in overtime, like you're just going to get like both a pissed off Matt and a pissed off Mitch. And it's just, I love it. That's my favorite one. It's a post game podcast. Don't get me wrong. I like the mailbag obviously, but being able to get on the microphone and, and just like vent, vent after the game oh man that's perfect that's what everyone wants to do right that's what happens you leave a game all you're doing is you're venting or you're gloating right like and that's what we get to do on the microphone for half an hour so love it that's my favorite part yeah and i think the last thing for me and something that i'm most proud of with this is yes it's episode 150 but we've did it for 150 weeks straight we have never taken a week off. We don't take time off during the summer for the podcast and stuff like that. And just being able to come up with different ideas and to really let our creative juices out in this outlet, I it's it's good for me to do. Like, just I'm that kind of person who I, I always have to be doing something, and I like I'm a creative person, so I have to get these things out. And just being able to do that on this platform and that it's it stuck. Like our, our audience doesn't go away over the summer. It's just, it, it's really, it's really humbling. And we really, I just wanted to say for me personally, I know Mitch feels the same way too. We, uh, the support is just truly remarkable and it's a really a big honor. Yes. Thank you for allowing us to do this. That that's really what it comes down to. It's just right. w- every time you listen gives us more credence to do it, do it again and do it again, do it again. And so thank you for, for following along. So, less about ourselves, more about the aisles, I guess, right? Absolutely. As I just slam my chair and break my $200 gaming chair. Let's not do that. So, Let's not do that. <laughs> what we wanted to do was talk about the draft lottery because that was a huge hot-button issue. So, as the draft lottery went, none of the teams that were initially in the lottery won the first overall pick. So, we don't know who has the first overall pick right now. What we do know is that of all the teams that are playing – in the qualifying round, the Islanders included, uh, Florida, obviously, who they're playing, Rangers, all that, have it, all the losers have a 12.5% chance to get the number one overall pick in this year's draft. So well, I guess let's just go from there. A, what's your thoughts on how everything went down initially? And then B, what's the move? Well, we never got to see the actual lottery, Matt. So we don't actually know if the NHL rigged this or not. So to me, this sounds like a real comfortable narrative for Gary Bedman to just kind of say, like, you know, prop up the league. So until I see the balls bounce around, I don't, I don't no, of course not. I, I've, I've heard that conspiracy theory a number of times already from friends, family, and online. Be like, well, we didn't actually see the lottery. Like, Well, like, sure, they could fix it, but like... Who cares? Who cares if they're going to fix it? What is Edmonton has won it three years in a row. Do you, well, do we care about that? We do. We we fixed it, but like we're going to fix these rules later. That's what happens. Do we this ever? Is see what is supposed to happen? Do we ever see the balls? I feel like they just hold up the cards. Uh, well, there's a whole like, and it's weird. It's it's terrible TV. We see the guys in like this brick bunker somewhere in the basement of the NHL headquarters and the ball's bouncing around and one comes out, puts it in a case. Some other schmuck walks it around to Gary Batman and goes like a 45 or whatever the hell's on the ball. Yeah, yeah. And then they go like, oh, yes. OK, let me check out all these. And then the math guys are there checking out the probabilities to like put it in the mainframe. And then it sends up to Bill Deli to be like, pull out card B or whatever the hell it is. Like, we don't need to see the machinations of the draft. Right. I I. I do I trust the NHL with everything they do? No. Do I care? Like, whatever. Like, this is how it's supposed to go. A team might not win. Look, the Edmonton, the Edmonton Oilers, sorry. The Detroit Red Wings had an 18.5% chance of winning, which gives them a, what, 81.5% chance of losing? Like, Something like that, yeah. Right? Like, they had much better chance of not getting it. Sure enough, then you have all the other teams with, with more odds, but, like, there's still a 2.5% chance that Team E wins, and guess what? They hit. That's what happens. Yeah. And that's going to be uh, interesting to see because I think that kind of takes us into the next part of this conversation. 
The, it's a potential consolation prize, and that's how I'm looking at it. In no way, shape, or form. I know you wrote it. We ended up both writing about it, but the reason you wrote about it first, and you did, you pretty much said everything that I wanted to say, but I want to look at the math odds to see, mm-hmm. like, what are the Islanders' chances of winning the Stanley Cup, which, according to Vegas, is just over 1% versus, <laughs> no, versus getting the first overall pick, which is 12%. And obviously... Like I said, the headline of the article was a little clickbaity, sure, but it said the Islanders are more likely. What headline is not? A very good point. Essentially, saying the the Islanders are more likely to land the number one overall pick than the um, than win the Stanley Cup. And while that might be true, I don't think that should change the Islanders' goal or how they are playing in any way, shape, or form. You go for this as hard as you can until you until you're out or win the thing. Right. And like, I know some people say like, well, Alexis Lafreniere is exactly what we want. And you're 1000% correct. I don't, I don't want to hear a single person say Alexis Lafreniere isn't a player that we need. He is. He is exactly what we need. He's, he's an elite level winger (laughs) that checks all the boxes on an ELC deal, mind you. Boom. That's another check. Like he, he would be perfect, but you don't take like the whole point of this game is to win a Stanley cup. That's the whole point. Yep. You can maybe make the argument like, well, if we get him, we can make more runs than just the one. You're like, okay, cool, but we don't actually know if he'll be any good. He probably will be, um, and he'll probably be great. Um, and this is me just playing devil's advocate. But when you're in the dance, you see the dance all the way through because you know that you have a shot. Whereas in the years coming, you don't know if you if you have a shot. Look, the Islanders drafted uh, Rick DiPietro first overall. How did that go? It didn't go very well. It's not right. to say that he wasn't a good player. It's injuries happen. And so if they, you're saying like the Islanders had a chance at the Stanley Cup, but they, they decided not to go for it because they really wanted that Rick DiPietro guy. And and then you see how it worked out. You go like, well, that really wasn't worth it. So like we have to take that into consideration as well. Thankfully, I haven't seen too many people say like, we have to take now. Bring in Brendan Davidson. Yeah, like not back. too many people have said that legitimately. Yeah, right. And that that's the thing for me, and well, you said it perfectly. When you're in the dance, you gotta see it through. At this point, every single one of these teams, like there's no no one of the teams that are in the qualifying round, should be tanking right now. It, it, it's different if you're the Detroit Red Wings and that was your plan all along. And I, I we've gotten to conversations about this about tanking and stuff like that. And I think there's smart ways to do it and cheap ways to do it, but. Where the Islanders are, where any other team is right now who is fighting for a playoff spot and fighting for a Stanley Cup, and every single one of these teams, that's what they want. They want to win. They all, And rightfully so, each one of those guys and each one of those coaches should all be thinking, hey, we can win the Stanley Cup this year. Because that's the mindset you have to have in order to play in this league. If you don't have that mindset, you're not going to last. No, what's like, what's, what are you doing here then? It's clearly you're not a very competitive person if you're mm-hmm. like, well, let's, let's ship it out because we can get this kid. And th- there is something to be said about like, are the play, cause you have to then convince the players. Cause usually when you tank, a tank, like I wrote, is a systematic depletion of talent where you're, you're trying to remove all your elements or all the elements that would allow you to win, right? Like the, when the Toronto Maple Leafs did it, Phil Kessel gone. Dion Phaneuf gone. It's not to say Dion Phaneuf was amazing, but like he is still a top four or was at that point a top four defenseman gone. Kessel, top line winger, gone. Um, they made other moves, right? Like you ship out the talent that allows you to win. Ottawa Senators have been doing it for years. Um, you ship out that talent that, that allows you to win because every player wants to win without question. It's just certain players are better at doing it than others. Uh, and if you take out the ones that are better at it, then you are less likely to win. You can't do that in this playoff. You can't. Unless you convince all your guys to say, like, hey, guys, don't report. Say you want to opt out, and then we're going to lose, and then we'll get Lafreniere. But what guy is going to want to, A, opt out if he wants to play? I'm sure there are some guys who want to opt out for, for legitimate medical reasons or Correct. concerns. Um, and what guy is going to say, like, yes, let me tank so I can bring in this kid that could very well take my job someday. Yes, please sign me up for that. No. Why the hell would they do that? That is not in their interest. Right. And like, let's play the game for a second. So under these weird circumstances, the Islanders decide, hey, we're going to we're going to tank. And then let's say they 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 lose and then they end up winning the number one overall pick and you draft Lafreniere. Well, what happens if next year, God forbid, but let's say Pulak gets hurt. 
Pellet gets hurt again. You lose Barzal, and Lafreniere plays like 50 games. You're probably not making the playoffs at that point if you're losing all those guys. In this sport, you have no idea what's going to happen with injuries or anything else. Or like you said, maybe this kid's not going to be any good. I would bet that he is. I I think Safe Money says this kid's going to be exactly what we think he is. But you really don't know, and you'd be giving up an opportunity in the Stanley Cup playoffs for an unknown, which is just a logic that I will never be able to get behind. No, and we also just consider this. We have a 12.5% chance of winning, which means we also have an 87.5% chance of losing. Right. Like, that's not, those are not good odds. They're better. They're better than 2.5% or 0%, right? That's clear. Uh, So, like, they're still good odds, but they're still not great odds. Um, So, like... I would not want to tank if we happen to lose, right? If we try our best and we still lose, then you know what? We lost, whatever. We tried and we happen to get Lafreniere. Great. No one's going to complain, but I don't, I don't, I'm not, they should not go into the playoffs. And thankfully I haven't seen a single person say they should legitimately. Like there are people who say like, well, mm, you know, you got to look at the math. Yes. But thankfully this game isn't played on a calculator. Yes. Um, a lot of people are saying, no, you have to see this through. And if you happen to lose, great. We have a consolation prize, like you said. And this is the best consolation prize you can get. Uh, I know the Ottawa Senators aren't too happy, but like, guys, you've, you've got potentially, although if we win two, yeah, you, they have a potential for three first round picks. But if we win Lafreniere, obviously that means they have two. But you still have two top five picks. <laughs> That's pretty damn good last time I checked. Yeah, if, you ha- if you're picking what? I think it's third and fifth, right? I believe, yeah. Yeah, Detroit has fourth. Yeah, so if you're picking third, fifth, then let's say, I don't know, the Islanders pick 20th. I, I would still take that. Three top 20 picks? Yeah. That's pretty damn good. Look, the Islanders picked up Barzell 16 and Beauvillier 28. So let's chill out on they're getting a third overall, third overall, and a fifth overall, and maybe a later one, unless the Islanders somehow squeeze out Lafreniere. And if they do, whatever. For the, the Ottawa Senators, for the Islanders, is going to be great because he's exactly what the Islanders need. Like, exactly. Right. And that's the thing. Like, yes, obviously that would be nice. But at, at this point, that's not that's not how any of this works. I'm sorry. It's just not, it's not how it works. No. If you're thinking that Lou Lamorello is going to get in there and say, like, guys, guess what? Got a plan here. So this Lafreniere kid just watched a couple of YouTube videos. Oh, my God. All right. We have to take. That's not what Lou's going to do. Lou's the orchestra guy. Everybody's got a place. He's not going to come in and be like, boom, bassoon player, get out. Uh, the, the tenor sax, get the hell out of there. Whatever conductor, you two get out of there. Although that would be Barry Trotz. We got to bring in this guy who plays the electric guitar and just rips like Joe Cetriani. No, no, that's not what he's going to do. That's not how it's going to work. Lou's going to play it out and he's going to try to win it. Because you know what? This Stanley Cup means as much as any other Stanley Cup. And Lou knows that because he won the 95 Cup with New Jersey, and that was a lockout-shortened year. So, look, a Stanley Cup is a Stanley Cup, and you play you play for it every chance you get because you never know when, you're, when your next chance is going to come. Look at the Tampa Bay Lightning. They thought they had that sucker lined up last year, and they get swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets in the first round. Yep, 100%. You never, you never know. And of the four major sports, the NHL playoffs is usually the least predictable. So... I, I say you you just play you play it out and hope you win. Exactly. And if you you really want Lafreniere, just hope they lose. But they tried hard enough, right? Like they tried hard, they just happened to lose. If you really want them, don't don't hope for a tank. That's not how you do this. No, absolutely not. So uh, when we come back, what we wanted to do was get into uh, some Hall of Fame snubs right here on the Eyes on Isles podcast. Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 150. We are now talking the Hall of Fame, and uh, we found out who was making the Hall of Fame not too long ago, Mitch. And uh, I know you had some takes on this, on uh, some snubs, and then we'll get into, well, maybe who from the Islanders will be next to get in. Well, first off, Alexander McGillney not getting in is is laughable. It really is laughable that this guy who has, like, ridiculous numbers, right? 900, it's 1,000 and... Oh, God, I forget the how many points he's he has. Over, he's over a point per game, but he's played like 980-something like games. I think it was 990 exactly. I should bring this up. Um, 
Yeah, played up, uh, played 990 NHL games. Um, he has 1,032, yes, 1,032 points with 473 goals. Pretty goddamn good. Had one season in 92-93 where he had 76 goals in 77 games. That's right, almost a goal per game. Put up 127 points that year. Wild. Won the Lady Bing in 0203 with the Maple Leafs. Um, was never a dominant player, well, like, except for that 76 goals in 77 games. But outside of that, was not like a Wayne Gretzky or anything of the sorts. But uh, he has Hall numbers. He doesn't have a cup. Sorry, he does have a cup. He's got a cup in 2000. What am I talking yep, about here? he does. So he's got that. He's got the cup. He's got the points. He also has the story because he's the first Soviet player to defect from the Soviet Union to mm-hmm. play in the NHL. Like, that, that alone should be hall eligible no matter what, regardless of points, regardless of anything. This guy literally broke barriers, the Iron Curtain. He broke the Iron Curtain and came to the NHL. And they're like, guys, I don't know about this. We got this Marion Hosa guy. He had itchy skin. Let's get him in. That's tough on Hosa. <laughs> That's really tough, man. It is. Hosa belongs in the hall. I just I have my quiz about him being a, a, a first ballot Hall of Famer. He belongs in the hall. He's got three cups, over 500 goals in the NHL, over 1,000 games played. A uh, great, great player. Um, I just, over McGillney, like, McGillney belongs finally because McGillney retired in 06. So he's been eligible since 2009. Mm-hmm. It's been 11 years now, and they still haven't put him in. What are you waiting for? Meanwhile, they can't wait to get Haas in. Come on, guys. Like, Haas will get in. Let's just get McGillney because, like, he literally broke barriers. Yeah, no, that one, I, I have no gripes with putting him in. I, I really don't. The one, I don't know if we could really, I, I guess I'll, I'll bring this one up. So, because this kind of goes into the next point a little bit with also maybe snub. Do you think that Pierre Turgeon ever gets in? Because and that could potentially be the Islanders combo, too. I, I don't think. I think he gets in. I, I do think he gets in. Uh, would I put him in my Hall of Fame? Probably not, even though I, I love the player. One of my favorite Islanders ever, if not the favorite Islander ever. Like, it's him, Daddy Potvin. It fluctuates from day to day. Um, over a 1,000 points. He doesn't have a cup. He doesn't have a major award. Um, so, like, that kind of knocks him. But he's got the production. He wasn't a era-defining player. He wasn't um, a top five player ever although like he was pretty damn close i think the highest he got was top seven in points and that was in 93 when he put up 132 mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure i'm um, so like he has the numbers it just he doesn't have the extra like the extra credentials to go around it again no cups no major awards um i don't think he's got a world cup medal or a canada cup medal he may he may and I, i'm just forgetting um so like he he probably gets in but it's going to be in like 2055 or something like that. I think I'm looking at his numbers right now. He has 1327 points in 1294 games so he's over a point per game, over 500 goals. I think that's probably enough to get it done. Mhm. He's definitely not a first ballot. Oh, he would already be in by now. Right. Um he he does. I don't think he deserves to be in, but like I, I think he will eventually get in. I really do think he will eventually get in, uh, and he's probably the next Islander to get in there. Yeah, uh, unless Matthew Barzell goes on an absolute tear and dominates the league, and then he's he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, that that's what I was gonna say. Who's the next? Because when we were bringing up the conversation of the next Islander to get in. I don't think, like, the only other one that you can maybe make the case for... I, I don't even think you can make the case for that. I was going to say Tavares. Zidane Ochera. Famer? Played 231 games for the Islanders. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, I guess, yeah. I, but I don't even really count that. So that depends on... So that, that's the thing. It's not like the Baseball Hall of Fame where they have to pick what hat they're wearing, right? Yeah, yeah. That's not how the NHL Hall of Fame works. Like, you just go in, and then you happen to represent a team. Like, if you go on the NHL Hall... Or sorry, the Hockey Hall of Fame's website, and you look up Indianapolis Racers, you will find Wayne Gretzky, even though Wayne Gretzky played two games for them. Right. So, like, it's not the same thing as the Baseball Hall of Fame. So it will count for guys like Chara or Roberto Luongo. But you're right. Like, that's kind of dubious, because you're going, well, they played 200 and... 56 sorry 55 games combined 
with Jara playing 231 of those. Mm. Yeah, uh, that... I, I just want to say, I, I wrote something. I have a, I have a tiered list of players. Oh, okay. So let me, I'm going to read you off the players in their tiers, and you tell me if that player belongs in that tier or not. Okay, And if there's cool. someone else you would put. So I've got um, the Gonna Make It crew. And these are guys who are either going to be soon eligible or or, or are el- yeah so guys who are, are soon to be eligible. I'm not talking about like the Tavares's because we don't know what's going to happen to the rest of his career. Like guys who are, are are near the end, who we know the depth and breadth of their careers. Like the, the further they go, it's not going to really add more except for a couple of numbers. So like right. Roberto Luongo and Zdeno Chara in the gonna make it crew. Like there's no yes. question they will make the hall. Agree. Yes. Yes, I'm both. And, like, we can get into squibs about, like, John Tavares, but, like, I, I'm just not... He's still got a long way to go. Yeah. Um, the Got a Chance crew, I put Pierre Turgeon, Chris Osgood, and Ron Hextall. I would I would say no on Osgood, probably on Hextall. Okay. So the thing with Hextall is he's got a Vezina and a Conn Smythe trophy. That's pretty big. He doesn't have a Stanley Cup. But mm-hmm. when you win a Vezina, he's also got a Calder, right? He won the Calder and the Vezina and the Conn Smythe, I believe, in his rookie year. Wow. Which is insane. And the I thing mean, about it, he won a Conn Smythe but did not win a cup, right? Like, that yeah, means that... he was on the losing team. Only a few players have ever done that. Right. Uh, I've got the Hall of Very Good. Uh, okay. So Brent Sutter, Bill Guerin, Doug Waite, Ziggy Palfi, Evgeny Nabokov, and John Van Beesbrook. I think you hit the nail on the head on all those guys, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, it, it. I know we want to say, like, Doug Waite wasn't a great coach, and he certainly wasn't, but he was a pretty damn good player with 1,200 points in the 1,000 games. I, I'm rounding here. Um, has a cup, right? Mm-hmm. So that's huge. Um, he doesn't have the same impact that, say, like, Pierre Turgeon had, who had five 90-plus seasons to when Waite only had two. So there's that. He's a he's a very good player, but I don't think he's Hall of Fame level. Exactly. Uh, and then I've got guys who have no chance, but still put up really good numbers. Uh, and and I the way that I based this list is I, I went on the NHL or sorry the NHL the Hockey Hall of Fame's website, and they have a list of players who who are like borderline L- Hall eligible. And you're yeah. gonna laugh at probably one of the names on this list here. Um, Kelly Rudy was on the list. Sure, like he's got okay numbers. Um, but I, I don't see him ever making the hall. No. Uh, Steve Thomas. Good player, but I, I would say no. Yeah, like really good player. Has 933 points in 1,200 games, 421 goals. Pretty damn good. Uh, you can make a case he's in the hall of very good, but like I just don't see him having the impact. Although yeah. like he's a, a British player, so like maybe because he's from across the pond that does something. But then you'd think McGillney would already be in at that. Right. And then Felix the Cat Potvin. Honestly, I didn't make this up. Felix Potvin was on their list of like non-distinguished members or something like that. Oh, Along oh with God. guys like Osgood, Rudy, so on and so forth. Felix Potvin. He's not even in the same category as those guys that we just listed off. Not even close. I, I put them in. I put them the same. No chance. I, I couldn't go lower than that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did say that he would make a first ballot Hall of Famer in the um, nickname Hall of Fame. Oh, of course. Because Felix yeah. the Cat Potvin? Pfft top tier that's that's next level stuff because the nhl as down on brown has written a, a number at least once uh nhl players are terrible at giving out nicknames yeah usually it's like stevie or johnny or timmy yeah. or like hey we got lizzy over here really like you just you, that's his full name it's his full name you just added letters to his name that's so how lazy you were you made yeah. more work for yourself it's not even lazy it's productive come on guys yeah, they are really bad at giving out names. But Felix, yeah, I'm with you on the Felix Katpoffin is one of the better nicknames in the sport. Not one of the better players in the sport, though, unfortunately. <laughs> no, 33 games for the Islanders, you know, never had a really big impact for the team. But, um, yeah, I, I couldn't think of too many other players that, that are definitely going to make the haul for the Islanders. I've seen John Tonelli's name bounced around and, like, love the guy, but he's not Hall of Fame worthy. I'm, I'm sorry, he no. just isn't. Islanders Hall of Fame, sure. Uh, Hockey Hall of Fame, no. I've seen Butch Goring's name bounced around. Still no. Still no. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm with you on that. So, um, yeah, that's that's where I'm at with the with the snubs. Do you have anyone that you think needs to get in or should write like get in that we haven't talked about? Um, not really. The the one that I wanted to talk about was Terjan because I wanted to bring it to the Islanders, but that was pretty much it for me. 
I, I have one last one. Okay. Mitch Korn as a builder. Hmm. Right, for okay. his work across the league and creating Dominic Hasek, Pekarine, Braden Holtby, Simeon Varlam. Well, no, sorry. <laughs> no. Um, Robin <laughs> Leonard, right? Like, yeah. Look what the work that he's done everywhere he stopped. He he's he deserves a spot in the Hall of Fame, I think. Okay. Okay, you could sell me on that one. You could sell me on that. So, all right. Just I'm not the only one who's put it out there. It's not an, an original idea. Like I, I'm seeing <laughs> this already on ESPN and I've seen it a few other places. Like he's he's definitely been there uh and, and done what he needs to do to earn a spot in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. So Mitch, let's get into some other. Wait, oh, what? one more. This sorry, there's one more that I completely forgot about. Stan Fischler. Oh yeah, how is he not in the Hall of Fame? That's a great point. Sorry, right? I saw Rob bring that up a while ago, and I was going, "Holy crap!" And everyone's like, "Wait a second, wait, like record scratch." What? He's not? How? How is this? What? Yeah, no, I just assumed that he was in. Nope. Yeah, that's that's really weird. He has to get in. I think it's like the Hockey Writers Hall of Fame or whatever. Yeah, but still. Larry Brooks is in it. Larry Brooks. Come on. Get Fischler in. 100%. Unbelievable. Sorry. So what we want to get into next is uh, the some big news this week. We found out the hub cities, Edmonton and Toronto. So congrats to Canada, man. Oh, Canada. Yeah, feels great. Hockey's back, baby. The cup will be awarded in Canada, no matter what, even if a Canadian team doesn't win the goddamn thing. <laughs> there you go. Positive spins. Yep. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, even though none of us will ever be able to see it happen. So, yay. Yeah, unfortunately, we won't be able to see it happen. But originally, it was assumed that Vegas was going to be one of them and that the Islanders would be going to Vegas. But instead, they will be going to Toronto to play. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense when you look at the numbers in Nevada, right? Like, I, yeah, last I checked, COVID-19 numbers in Nevada were going up at, like, 200-plus a day. Yeah, um, it's not very good. So, and didn't you guys just get, like, 50,000 cases today alone? You guys, like, in the States? In the States, yeah. Honestly, New York's, like, the only, one of the very few states that's doing well. The, the rest of the country is not doing well at all. Which is wild on, on, when, you, when you consider how ravaged it was, right? Like, that's insane. No, we were the worst for a long time, and then it got better. But like, if you look at the curve for the entire U.S., it's like <laughs> up, 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 down, and then up, 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 up again. It's wild. Yeah, there's 645 new cases in Nevada alone today. So yeah, that's not th- good. That they they can't go back. Specifically, when when we've seen it happen in in Florida, right, with yep. the Tampa Bay Lightning training facility, uh, they open it up, and then boom, 11 people get it. You're like, whoa, okay, um, yeah, not good. We can't have this happen. Um, so it's in Canada. Like Edmonton numbers are super crazy low, even just for Canada itself. Like I think the numbers in Alberta are in like the couple of thousands. Let me let me bring it up here just just so sure. we get a good sense of what we're talking about here. Uh, where's the website? It's COVID nineteen Canada or something like that. Oh God, good good job Google. You don't you can't anticipate my needs. Come on Google, there it Come is. Come on. Come on Google. You should know everything the second I say it. Uh, so confirmed Canada-wide, 104 cases, 104,000, sorry, cases. Alberta, okay. 8,108 total, ever. Total active cases, 459 in Alberta alone. Okay. So um, there are not a lot of cases in Alberta. So the, the, the potential for a huge outbreak isn't wide. Um, in Ontario, it's kind of the same thing. It's high at 2,000, um, but it's not anything like Quebec with 25,000. So... It's it's low-ish in Ontario, and it just keeps going down. And we're the most populous province in the entire country. So per capita, that's not a lot. It, it's right. still enough to be like, that's a war. It's still worrisome because it's still a wrap, yeah, yeah. right? Like ideally, they don't have this at all because then no one gets it. That would be the ideal solution, but that's of, not going to happen. Of course, of course. But I think in both of those cities makes sense because for the most part, it, it's under – a good amount of control as controlled as it can be for right now i think yeah i don't know how they're going to do it exactly uh i know that the, the rogers place has a hotel pretty close by and toronto obviously has hotels close to the acc so mm-hmm. they could they can essentially you know keep it closed to that bubble um players won't be allowed to go to restaurants and stuff but they will find some way to do something because like you can't have these guys locked in their little you know hotel rooms for weeks you just can't do that so they, they've no. got to figure something out 
yeah, I mean, I it's I can't imagine like it's really too bad for the players because think about it, the teams that are going to go all the way to the cup, they're going to be stuck in that place for what a month and a half, two months, something like that. Yeah, that's a long time to be away from your family and living in a hotel. Although, like, they, they kind of do that in, in regular Stanley Cups, but they're still traveling a lot, right? There's a, still a lot of to and from. There's yeah. a lot of movement, whereas this is your, your, the movement is from your hotel room to the arena. <laughs> no, exactly. It's, it's all very, it's very bizarre. So they, they pick the two, the two places that they can contain the best or that could be contained the best uh, and that they can give the, the adequate um, amenities to because I don't think the, the, the issue with Vancouver, I believe, is they, they couldn't get everyone in a, in a hotel close to the arena at, that was like five star worthy, which is, you know, first world problems, really. But, right. you know, these, these guys are, are, are used to a certain level of comfort. But there's also the idea that they're going to be away for a certain while. You don't want to be living in a, in a motel for two months. Yeah, no one you, likes that. Yeah, no, we're not going to put them in a motel six for two months. No, that's the spring up their back when they got to go, you know, back check against the Boston Bruins for two weeks. Like, that's not a good time. Yeah, no, not ideal. So that that's where we're at now with the, the hub cities. It was Vegas. It's still not confirmed, right? Like, these are all still, it could change tomorrow, right? Like, an yeah. outbreak at Edmonton could happen. They go like, oh, my God, change it around. Or, or in Toronto, for that fact. But right. as it stands now, it seems that it's definitively going to be Edmonton and Toronto instead of Vegas and some other city. Right. And uh, the one thing I like about that is the Islanders playing in Toronto, I like a lot better than them having to go all the way out to Vegas to play their games. Yeah, so they stay within their own time zone. That that mm-hmm. helps for like body clock adjustments, right? Like some teams will still need to make adjustments specifically in the West. Um, but at least guys in the East are going to have to like figure out two-hour difference, I think, in, in Vegas. Is it two to three hours even? I think it's it's either two or three, yeah. So I just forget where the, the line falls. I think it's two. But either way, that that's still a big difference, right? Because we're not just talking about one day, right, where they, they come in, even the two days max, where they come in, they play, and they leave. You're there for a week to two weeks maybe, minimum. That's a long time to get adjusted to a new body clock. Um, so it's good that it's going to be uh, within the same time zone. Uh, that can't be long of a flight from New York to Toronto, no? I don't think so. I would imagine it's like three hours. Yeah, I don't know, but I was just another thing that I was thinking about, like just the whole, you know, comfortability and stuff for the players. It's not going to be like flying across the country, and then like we said, being two hours behind that you normally are. It's like an hour and a half flight, unless you take American Airlines and it's four hours and thirty five minutes plus. That means you probably got to transfer. Why are you transferring? (laughs) Where are you going? I have to figure out where they're going to Philly, to DC, and then to Toronto. Why the hell would you do that? That's really <laughs> bouncing around everywhere. Yeah. That's really backwards. But uh, anything else on the hub cities before we get to the quiz? No, we'll see if it pans out. Right, like hopefully that's how it sticks. But we'll see. Absolutely, let's do the quiz. Episode one hundred and fifty, Matt. I, I tried to go with a player who played one hundred and fifty games. So I thought that would be fun, but yeah. I just stuck with the fifty anyways. Just, just straight okay. up fifty games. So. As you know, but in case you listener don't know, this game is Matt has to figure out what player I'm trying to make him guess, and I gave him five tries with every guess being progressively easier as it goes. So, guess or clue number one. I was born April 12th. I always start with the birth date. April 12th, 1990 in Montreal, Quebec. Next. So you know he's French. You know he's Canadian. Second. Snap up. I was a fifth-round pick in 2008 by the Islanders, 126th overall. So late-round pick, Canadian, French. Next. In my career, he played a career 50 games. It's all he ever played. In my career, I hold an 899 save percentage and a 3.07 goals against average. Uh, Nilsson? No, incorrect. But good guess. Good guess. Okay. Uh, I was sent on waivers and claimed by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Maybe that's why Garth feared, uh, had so much fear with J.F. Barube. Um. Do I want to get you the date of when he was waived? Yeah. Sorry, I didn't write that down, but I'll, I'll no, get the okay. date for that. Uh, so yeah, he was waived by the Islanders. 
on on November, sorry, on September 27th, 2015, he was placed on waivers to go to the AHL and the Tampa Bay Lightning claimed him. He played no games with the Tampa Bay Lightning, by the way, and then he was traded to the Calgary Flames for future expect, uh, future considerations. Man, this is, this, is, this is bothering me that I can't figure this out. Okay, what's the next one? Five, my first name is Kevin, and I backed up Evgeny Nabokov in the playoffs. Oh, Kevin Poulin? There it is. Good job. Oh, okay. Wow. That's all right. You ha- I'm sure you were like, it's that friggin' guy. It's that guy that wasn't very good with yeah. the Bokov. And it's Kevin Poulin. Okay. Ah, oh, jeez. I, bl- I blocked him from my memory. Thank God. That was some. I've been to some many a rough Kevin Poulin starts at the uh, Coliseum. I can <laughs> yeah. tell you that much. Ke- I don't know why I keep naming him in English. Kevin Poulin. It's Poulin. God, he's French. My goodness. <laughs> Oh, boy. I think we all blocked that out. Uh, so when we come back, we're going to get into the social segment and what's going on around on Isles Twitter. Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode 150. We're getting into the social segment, what's trending around Isles Twitter. Mitch, what do you got for us? Uh, this one comes from Rob Tobb, who's been uh, putting out bangers on Twitter recently. Twitter, uh, like It's not that he hasn't been before, but just like they're coming out consistently, like the hit after hit. Yes. Um, this one is uh, from June 23rd. Says, 41 years later, Denny Potvin's hit on Ulf Nilsson is still clean. Amen, brother. Amen. Yeah. Even Ulf will say that. Not Will. Has. He has said it. Ulf Nilsson has said it was a clean hit. Yep. Hey, this is all stupid. Yeah, that, it's all dumb. But it, it's still cool in a way. Not for Nilsson. Obviously, you don't want to see someone get injured. But the fact that Rangers fans still chant Potvin sucks, even though Potvin's not playing... Uh, and it is not in the building in any way, shape, or form. Or it's not even a hockey game, right? Like, they mm-hmm. do it even when there's not even a hockey game playing at MSG. Is is cool. Because that, that shows you how deep this rivalry is. It's not just like, oh, we saw them in the playoffs once, and we didn't like how they played. They, they checked their player too hard, and I don't like them. No, this is a 41-year hate fest. Lots Longer of than that, tossed. obviously, but still, yeah. A lot being tossed around. Yeah, so there you go. Um, Mitch, I don't know if you remember, but uh, early on in the queue, I was trying to get creative and about ideas, and uh, someone was talking about, someone on Isles Twitter was talking about players who would be on TikTok. So I wrote five players who I thought were most likely to be on TikTok, and five players who I thought no chance being on TikTok. Well, an Islander has made a TikTok, two videos I've seen from him so far, and he did not make my list for least likely or most likely. And that player is none other than Andrew. Land. <laughs> it's because you don't want to think about Andrew. Land. Sorry, Pump Andrew. Up. I'm sorry. He would not, he would have been towards the least likely list, but did you see the TikTok of him on the uh, surfboard thing? I saw it. I did not listen to it because TikTok is a music thing, isn't it? There could be sounds to it. Yeah, like, I, I hate TikTok just as a general principle, but I looked at it because it's Islanders content. I am very envious of Andrew Ladd in, in, in a couple of senses. One, I wish I could do that on the on the on the board. Like, on the wave so board, fun. yeah. On the wave board, yeah. That looks really fun. And two, like I can't rock a short bathing suit like that. He pulls it off. Like it's like it's showing a lot of thigh. And I just don't have the legs for that. But he's got, like, tree trunk legs, and he's just pulling off the look, and it works. Just got to do squats all day every day, Matt. That's what you got to do. Get those tree trunks in shape. Yeah, I I mean, he's just he's pulling off the uh, the short suit. I know shorter shorts are coming back, but I, I my legs are not ready for that. <laughs> my legs are also not ready for that at all. Maybe if I get more tattoos, they just might. But uh, no, <laughs> right now I'm not ready for that. Um, yeah, but good job by him. He looks in good shape. Hopefully he can stay in shape and, or it's not in shape, but stay healthy enough so he can play a little bit and maybe give his NHL career a little bit long, like make his NHL career a little bit longer is what I want to say. Cause that'd right be now nice. it's not looking like it's trending in the right direction. Yeah, that'd be nice. So that would be great. Cause, uh, we still owe him like $12 million in actual monies. So right. that, uh, we would like to see some of that back in, in production, please. Yes, please. So my second one is from Bob McKenzie, uh, and okay. it's not it is it is Ireland related. Uh, with the usual qualifier of nothing is certain until the agreement is ratified, stamp that on every one of my tweets this week because like uh, everything changes no matter what. 
Yeah. He says, it is my understanding recently signed players Romanov, Kaprizov, Sorokin will not be eligible for 2019-2020 return to play. So, now, I've seen this interpreted a couple ways. Yeah. I've seen people say that he could sign but not play. Is that believable? Yes. So that that's the thing, right? Like, this is still debatable. I, I've seen uh, Arthur Staple uh, write, wrote an article today, and so did uh, Michael Russo, saying, like, they're they're not going to let these guys play. It seems that in the, in the uh, CBA that they're trying to uh, get extended, they will not have 1920 current-year deals. Although I, I'm still kind of iffy on that because in, in Starp, in, Starp, in Staples' article today, he kind of referenced the fact that he won't be able to sign for this year. But if he goes to the KHL in 2021, he'll be able to come by in April and still play, which really has me confused. Is, is the NHL's problem with the rule right now or in general? Because if it's right now, well, then WTF, man, you, you can't just do like, oh, no, no, today we can't have that. Next year's fine. Why? Why the hell? Why, what does that change at all? It doesn't change anything. It's ridiculous. Yeah, no, um, you're right. So it seems that Sorokin won't be able to come over this year. Uh, same thing for Kaprizov and Romanov and all and all these other players. Perunovich. Um, I forget the other two, three guys that I forget. Uh, Mitchell, Ian Mitchell is one of them. But um, yeah, he won't be able to come over. It seems it could change. We still haven't had written consent from from both sides, right? Because like players still have to ro- uh, vote on this. Right. Um, but there's still options for Sorokin, right? Like he could sign, like uh, like Staples suggested, sign a deal in 2021 and go play over in a league that has a transfer agreement, so like Sweden or Finland or something like that, and then right. come over the second the NHL season starts. Um, he could also just start in the AHL, right? If they start on time, why the hell not? Yeah, you'd imagine that they probably would because their season's been done for a while now. Right, it just depends if they can get butts in seats, right? If, if they can have people come to games, which right now doesn't look like it. Uh, but if they can have people come to games, then sure, they can start early and then sign him to that ELC or, yeah, that ELC for 2021, have them start in the AHL, which is something that they were probably going to want to do anyways, and then right. have them come up in December or January. Why the hell not? Or maybe he signs in the KHL and he does like my man Avis said, like he just leaves when the NHL starts because they might work that up between CSK and and um, and Sorokin. Although Staple put cold water on that idea and and so did Russo, so maybe that's not a thing. But like from what what Avis said is that like yes, they can't negotiate that openly, but like there can still be like an agreement. It's the KHL after all, where things can happen whenever uh, whoever says they want it to happen. It's Russia. They could figure something out. Yeah, they'll they'll figure something out. Putin will be like, "Yet, will he will go in it is fine." Thank you, Spasiba. <laughs> That's wild. Uh, yeah, but that that is kind of crappy that uh, we know that he can't come over this year and play, which is kind of what we wanted to see him go over there and get accumulated to North America and his teammates and stuff like that. Exactly. So he might still be able to come over, but like, like Arthur Staple suggested, it's going to be quite a hurdle. Like even if he gets the word, he still gets to get a visa and that takes a while, get over quarantine for eight to 14 days. Like it's, it's going to be quite a process for him if he comes over. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Last one for me is um, so the Islanders tweeted out from their account, Decisions, decisions with the thinking emoji. And there's three options. It's saying to comment, retweet, or like. And it has three images underneath. The comment option is the Islanders alternate logo that is on their alternate jerseys. The retweet is on the, or the original crest, the Islanders crest that they wear on their home and away jerseys is on the retweet option. And the favorite is the Fisherman logo. Wow. Now. Most of the time when these things are made, the option that you want to get more votes or whatever is put as the like. So my theory is the Islanders are in on the joke about the Fisherman logo and they just want to stir the pot. And I love that. Are, I thought you were going to go full on conspiracy theory. Like they're busting. It's a third jersey. The third oh, no. jersey is going to be the Fisherman. No. no, I'm not going that far yet. But... um. I think that they were doing it to stir the pot on social media. Absolutely, and, and mission accomplished, right? Because you're right. Like, it's easier to like something than it is to retweet and comment because usually yeah, there's more work involved instead of just like yes. a one-click, right? So Correct. 
good job by them for rigging that. Ideally, that means more fisherman swag. I don't think they will ever wear it in game, even sorry, in a lead up to a game. I think they will just sell more fisherman stuff, right? Like they've already got the hats. I'm sure they'll put t-shirts. I ideally, oh, bring back those starter jackets. I, I would oh buy a God. starter jacket or anything, anything Mitchell and Ness. Like any kinds of that, like vintage nineties yeah. kind of apparel pullover. Oh yeah. Sign me up for, if someone from the Islanders is listening, sign me up for a Islanders crew neck with the fisher net, with the fisherman logo on it. Nice. That sounds good. I would do that. Absolutely. But when I get more nice. disposable income, at first I have to make a huge yes men order and then, and then, and then the jerseys are too. There you go. Perfect. Did you have anything else for us? Last one comes from Eugene Melnick's burner account. That's what they've called themselves. Who's a uh, professional shit disturber, apparently, is what his as uh, Twitter handle says. Anyways, uh, I know I noticed this was in response to to Rob, but I, all I saw was the um, the tweet. I, yeah. I didn't see the response first, but it says, "Imagine being so hard in denial that you think you're good when you're paying five fourth liners more combined than the Leafs pay Tavares." The Leafs actually pay about the same for Tavares and their entire fourth line. I don't know what they're trying. I think there he means the Islanders' fourth line, okay. right? Because you got Cal at three point five, you got Sezikis at three point three five, so that's six point eight five, and then you have Matt Martin at two point five. Right. So that's just around eleven million dollars for the three of them. Not even. Not even what I'm talking about. It's like nine million dollars for the three of them. Right. Right. Let me do some math. 3.5, 3.35 plus 2.5, 9.35 million dollars. That is not Tavares, not even close. Well, ish. Yeah, and then Komarov is three point. Yeah. So 12.35 for those four. Um, I don't know. I don't know about you, but like the Islanders aren't winning despite the fourth line. Like if they don't win and they're like that, they're they're dragging along the fourth line. Like if these guys earn their money, I know it's not in NHL parlance to pay or like it's not what, what nhl teams do and pay heavy for their fourth line but when your fourth line drives the identity of the team like the islanders fourth line does it's worth something it, it really is maybe not the 9.35 they pay them but like it's worth something no you could make the case that they're overpaid but i don't know like are is he dunking on the islanders because yes they i, I don't well he's trying to. he missed like he rimmed it oh, yeah, for yeah. sure i i, I don't What's what's the like? Oh, you pay worse players, but are somehow better than us the last two years. Like, <laughs> that that's the thing. It's like I don't know if you looked at the standings, but the Islanders are still better than the Maple Leafs over the last two years. And it, yeah. again, not despite the fourth line, because of the fourth line. Like the Islanders were terrible because they didn't have their fourth line. Their head coach said so. I didn't have those guys, and I played a different way, and we weren't that good at playing that way. I wish I had my fourth line. They said those words. Exactly. Yeah. I, <laughs> it just, it really baffles me how little people outside of the Islanders organization know about the Islanders, but then feel like they have the authority to comment about it. Yeah. It's just so many people don't get it. Right. Like, oh, you pay your fourth liners a lot. Okay. Well, if you give me a second here, I'll explain to you why that is. And while that may be a little bit, they're at least entitled to most of that. Right, or you could you could make the case that the Islanders' logic in cap spending is flawed, but it still has worked for them. So I don't understand what the what the dunk attempt is, but yeah. nonetheless, cool, I guess. Congratulations, you have probably the most overhyped team in the NHL over the last two years. Yeah, look, they're paying seventy one million dollars in signing bonus money, in signing bonuses to their team this year. They just they just cashed a seventy one million dollar check to their team. That that's a whole cap. That's a whole cap. Your team just wasted, maybe not wasted, but like spent $71 million just gone like that. That's yeah. insane. That's insane. You haven't gotten anything yet. And just boom, gone, $71 million. Wild. It's insane to me. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, so, yeah, I, don't, I don't get it. I really don't. Man, it's popping off hard out there. Again, the official fireworks are going off. So the entire community of Vanier is shooting off fireworks simultaneously right now. There you go. Absolutely love it. So with that, I'm just going to get some plugs in before we go. So wherever you are listening to this show, please make sure to subscribe, rate, review. really helps us out. We appreciate all the support, like we said earlier on this one. 
You could also follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch is at TLO Mitch. Facebook, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You could download our app, the Eyes on Isles app, available for iPhone or Android. You can also visit the website, eyesonisles.com. And, of course, the Patreon, patreon.com slash Eyes on Isles. Five bucks a month gets you a mailbag show, which we're about to record. Normally post-game shows, but instead we've been doing uh, two separate, so an additional two podcasts on a specific topic. We'll go like a half hour on one thing. Can't really do that on the regular show. We like to hit on a bunch of different stuff, so this is more going in-depth on one thing. And uh, you get a newscast and a nice community of Islanders fans over there, right, Mitch? Yes, a lot. Like we've got fourteen questions this week. It's gonna be great. We're gonna it's gonna pop off here. And oh, Zach, Zach's got a ton of them. Oh boy, oh boy, it's gonna be an interesting one because Zach's got some hot takes. Not sorry, not hot takes, hot questions. That's the word I wanted to use. There we go. So without further ado, we're gonna get on over to that. But we just want to say thank you so much for tuning in and for always tuning in. Once again, I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. And we'll talk to you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.